You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Happy hump day, Bruce. How are you? Healthy and alive. Uh, a bit tired. We, we had... Um, I I, I'm really we, tired. We had the security alarm go off at early hours of the morning, uh, and it ended up being that it lost cellular network and was screaming at us. Was it, it connected to the Amazon system? No, it's not one of those. It's uh, a security system that came with the house, and it's one of those that it's hardwired but connected to a cell phone network, so if you want to have live uh you know monitoring you can uh-huh. and it lost cell phone coverage so it did this screeching loud alarm uh just to notify you that i lost cell service well that's nice it was wonderful i had someone ask uh and they're they're probably going to be listening now i had someone ask how do you opt out of the amazon sidewalk or whatever it is you were covering that do you know off the top of your head how to opt out of that so i think it was something in the device itself uh, one of the articles we went over kind of had a walkthrough on it and we should have went over that i didn't even it didn't even cross my mind it's somewhere in the settings uh for either the device or your account one of the two so if you can't find it in the device settings uh somewhere in there i, I imagine security or privacy or something like that uh, if it's not there, then uh, try your account online and see if there's a way to opt out for all devices through your account. That's usually what you have to do when it comes to Amazon. You have to go in and go through all the, the crazy settings and all the rest of it to opt out of everything. Yeah, it's, it's just a yeah. And if, if all else fails, go through all the settings and see if you can find anything about it. So was that outing that you had, was that due to the tornadoes that ripped through uh, Colorado yesterday and Texas? Uh, could be. It could have also been uh, with uh, the internet hack that, mm-hmm. that you know the the ransomware mm-hmm. it could have been something to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to go there, but I know. Way. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, cell phone. We usually get four to five bars here, and I noticed my cell phone at that time was getting one bar, so it could have something to do with weather. Um, it's cloudy here. Uh, it looks like storms could be rolling in, so that that's a very real possibility. Yeah. Hmm. Well, some TV news stations have been uh, targeted in this latest round of cyber attacks. Did did we? I'm just I'm just curious. Did we say that this was going to be their next play, or or did we not? Did we say this was going to be? You know, it? I, I can't remember. I'm, I I get this kind of like distant memory of us talking about this. You know, uh-huh. so yeah, it's kind of maybe maybe it's a glitch in the matrix. Could be. Yeah, it could be. Uh, at least two television news stations had their operations disrupted on Thursday. Uh, they were targeted in a, in a ransomware attack, kind of like what they did on the, the Colonial Pipeline. You know, those Russian hackers that targeted the Colonial Pipeline, th- those Russian hackers. The FBI announced yesterday that, you know, they seized all of that cryptocurrency that they were paid in ransom. And they called it a victory for the good guys. They were able to, miraculously, they were able to get $2.3 million in Bitcoin back. Yeah. What uh, what currency were they paid in again? Uh, do, do you remember which crypto it was? There were two. 
Uh, there was Bitcoin, mm-hmm. and there was another one called Monero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Monero, uh, which is where I was uh, leading, uh, Monero is a private. Uh, in other words, you don't see the data on where the money goes, or, or in this case, the crypto. Um, that's all hidden, encrypted. Uh, besides that, um, if you're a if you're a, a hacking group organization. I'm sure you're familiar with how cryptos work and the security involved with cryptos, especially if you're hacking security. Um, you're going to take some precautions to uh, move that currency around and then put the currency onto physical um, drives or, or um, cold storage, if you will. Immediately. Immediately. I might add. And Immediately. There would be no seizing, which says to me... Um, this wasn't a Russian hacker group. This was an inside job. Uh-huh. Yeah, because they, they just miraculously seized a lot. And the media really didn't talk too much on it. It was just a, I don't know, like a footnote on page 13 somewhere. That was really about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Small disclaimer in there to cover themselves for plausible deniability is all it is. Yeah. So two outlets in Orlando, Florida, and or excuse me, one of the outlets was in Orlando, Florida. The other one was in Pittsburgh, both owned by Cox Media Group, which owns TV and radio stations in multiple media markets. We're offline on Thursday. Okay, not going to see me crying over spilled milk for those, but uh, I find it, I find that more like a beta test. Same thing with Colonial for what came today. And what came today was, well, you had Spotify go down. You had the UK government site went down. You had, uh, I think, CNN went down, Reddit was down, Twitch was down, parts of Amazon were down. So I'm not, I I don't know if I missed any in there, but uh, it says here that uh, a number of major websites were experiencing outages Tuesday morning, including Reddit, CNN, the New York York Times, yeah, that was another one, and the UK government. Uh, Reports of the first outages started appearing around 6 a.m. Eastern Time. Users reported on Twitter they were having trouble accessing content on the sites. Huh. Again, were we? I could swear we were talking about this a few weeks ago, saying that when COVID failed and they're having trouble shifting to climate change, they're going to start building up to to cyber attacks and and outages because they need to start prepping. Because what is coming? Cyber Polygon. Cyber Polygon is active. It will be live in the next thirty days. Put on and hosted by none other than the World Economic Forum. My guess is is that. Whenever these people get together and war game these type of things, kind of like they did with Event 201, when they get together and they war game these things, and then it happens about a month or two later, you know, it's funny because when you do something like that, that's enough to cover your sorry asses when it comes out that you actually did it and say, no, 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 we were war gaming it. So it keeps you out of prison, kind of like they did with the Transition Integrity Project. You remember that? Or what Fauci did with the dinner and said that there's going to be a pandemic. Yeah, it'd be a surprise outbreak. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's funny. Uh, apparently, yeah. around the same day, Fastly, which is a cloud service company, was experiencing an outage and said that it was continuing to investigate the issue. I can give you a suspect list if you are interested or any company out there is interested. And I tell you something, it is a short list. Later, Fastly said that the issue had been identified and a fix has been applied. And after about an hour, the affected website started coming back online. I did notice that something was off today when I tried to open a website for a certain reason, and I was getting 505 errors. And I thought, okay, well, that means that the site's actually down. So they just go on here to talk about um, some of the uh, sites that they sponsor and all the rest of that, and how, you know, how they have access and, and everything like that. Some other websites where users were reporting outages were uh, The Guardian, 
Uh, Twitch, as I said, Hulu was down, Etsy was down, HBO Max, Spotify, and Target. Isn't it interesting? What of all these things that were hit this morning, what do all of them have in common? Do you know? They're all woke. Exactly. They're all woke. Every one of them. Which leads me to my next my next point here. BlackRock, you know the hedge fund? They're saying the uh, uh, the number one goal in woke investing uh, is huge is a huge ESG funds haul. So that begs the question: Are the corporations in it for the PR money? Are they in it for the uh, the, the you know just the wokeness, the campaign? Yeah, we're going to get behind it. We're going to we're going to sponsor this. I mean, you remember last summer they were sponsoring BLM. You know, oh yeah, don't worry about it. You know, Target, uh, don't worry about it. Go out there and we don't care if you if you loot our store. Here, here, have a Pepsi, have a Coke. I mean, by the way, fastly those, on there. Tw- go ahead, sorry. No, no, no. I was just going to say that those were two other corporations right there that were on board with the rioting and the looting and the burning too. I, I would assume Fastly was on board as well because uh, I, I pulled up their Twitter out of curiosity to see what they were saying about it. Uh huh. Their avatar is the appropriate avatar for a corporation. Kind of figured, June. yeah, yeah, kind of figured. Yeah. Oh, an- another thing to note. Uh, so this happened roughly eight, eight hours ago. They made an announcement. Fastly did on their on their uh, Twitter about uh-huh. this uh, outage. Twelve hours before that, so twenty hours ago, they had a post about app security. App security is too important to be an afterthought. And then shortly thereafter, twelve hours to be exact, there's an outage that they announce. Uh huh. Huh. That seems a bit odd. It's about like it's about like were they at a dinner announcing that at a podium or or were they trying to sell their book could be please buy my book yeah kind of like schwab you know as he sits up there smiling holding his book (laughs) but that's the question though that's what i'm asking are corporations on it for the message and the money is that it is that all they're doing it for i would assume it's self-preservation because they self-preservation they think this authoritarian movement is going to be the future they think that's uh but it's the thing is, is it, it, it is. But at the same time, keeping in mind that these CEOs, these uh, uh, companies, the CEOs are born and bred through the liberal nonsense. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like it, Dorsey and the rest of Colleges yeah, yeah. they go through and all yeah. of that. And then on top of that, the corporations themselves are all headed up in locations that are liberal strongholds. I mean, so the only narratives that they hear is the liberal narrative. They don't hear or see any anything other than that. So th- what they think is, well, that that's the prevailing thought, if you will, around the country. Yeah, but that's only because it's what you say. They live in their own echo chambers of just nonsense. I mean, I, I, I remember I was listening to somebody who actually went to one of these conferences or whatever, where they have like all these corporate people and everything else, board of directors, members, and and, and all the rest of it, of like Amazon and, and Microsoft and a lot of these other corporations. And they, they are legitimately sitting around these tables having their uh, $800 a plate dinner or whatever it is, or $8,000 a plate dinner or whatever it is, talking about how what they are planning is really what they think people want. So I guess that's where we draw the line with wokeness. Is that right there? They think they know better than we do. And they think, I I don't even, even if they were met with such resistance, uh, uh, like you could have the entire nation against them. I I still don't think they would change their minds on these things. I I think they believe they're, I think they're that delusional. I think they, at least the ones that are in power that are trying to, like the Schwabs and, and those types, Gates, I, I, I don't think any amount of resistance will change their mind. No, I, I, I completely concur with that. There's no way that they will change their mind. They're committed. 
They, they are committed. There, there's nothing else. You know, I, I heard some interesting stuff about uh, Boris's new squeeze. Yeah, his uh, his new wife. Uh, we ought to do some digging into that. Uh, we ought to do that um, to see if uh, see if we can get something put together when Marty comes on this week because she's got quite an interesting past and uh, it would explain a lot about uh, about Boris Johnson. So uh, we might have to uh, might have to look into that. But anyway, yeah, uh, you're you're right. It, they do believe that they actually know better than people. And you know something? To be honest with you, there's a lot of people out there that uh, how do we say uh, they've been dumbed down quite significantly. And that's been done on purpose. It's not It's not that people are born that way. They become that way. And it's through the, the, the garbage and the fluff that these corporations put out in their messages that distract you from actually learning things. And, and I'm not talking about learning them in, say, like an educational institution. I'm talking about learning it for yourself. See, people like these corporate whatever they are, like Jack Dorsey and all the rest of them, and, and Klaus Schwab and, and all the rest of these these people that sit around and, and think about ways to screw you over as a, as a human being, regardless of what class you are, what color you are, what race you are, it doesn't matter. These people don't care. They're anti-human, period, end of story. But their objective is to make you so stupid, so poor, and so dumbed down that you're too busy running around in squalor trying to figure out how to stay alive so you don't have time to sit down and read a philosophical debate. You don't have time to sit down and read about history. You don't have time to sit down and have a theological discussion about things that actually matter. You, you don't have time to do these things so you can understand who these people are and you unite and go after them. They're not interested in, in an intelligent, sophisticated population of people. They're not interested in that. What they are interested in is what they've actually done. And that is they've stolen all the money. They've stolen all the wealth. They've stolen the basically the future through fraud. And now they want you and me and everyone else. They want us out of the way. That's what it comes down to. Do they know better? No, they don't. But they think they do. When you dumb people down on purpose, when you dumb people down, when you assault them on levels that, that they don't understand that they're being assaulted on through psychological manipulation and through marketing, well, that doesn't make you superior to that person. As a matter of fact, that makes you even more of a loser than the people you're going after. Now, now think about that. Oh, we're going to dumb everybody down and, and we're going to be the smarter ones that rule over everybody. That doesn't make you smarter. That makes you an evil, sadistic, twisted son of a bitch. Makes you a bully. That too. But see, there are those of us that are not in those crowds of people. You know, you do still have critical thinkers out there. I think there's a lot more critical thinkers than what they were anticipating on at this point. At least I'd like to think so. And the only reason I say that is because cracks are starting to show. Now, see, one thing about the, the elites and the corporate heads, they can't show any kind of weakness. If they're going to continue on with this agenda, they can't show weakness in any way, shape or form. Same thing with the Chinese Communist Party. They can't show any kind of weakness. None. Governments, corporate heads special interest groups, they can't show any weakness. They have to show a strong front and they can never admit fault, no matter what. But the cracks are starting to show. Klaus Schwab up there peddling his book, talking about how we don't have enough corporations getting on board with the ESGs. So uh, we're, we're just going to have to implement this at the government level. Oh, you mean the people you've bought off? That's what you're going to do? It doesn't matter what they do at this point. It doesn't matter what they do. They lose. Regardless, we're still going to go through some hard times. I don't think there's any way to avoid that at this point. Uh, even before we saw COVID, when Donald Trump was just starting into the presidency, we were looking at the financial side of things and we're like, there's no way. It doesn't matter how much Trump spent or didn't spend. There's no way to stave off the financial 
uh, <laughs> apocalypse <laughs> that's coming. There, there's no way to stave that off. Uh, and so, honestly, the corporations, they don't have enough people on board. Same thing with the populace. They don't have enough of the populace on board. They have the low-hanging fruit that's all been picked, right? So that's why they're going after the... Uh, the 12 to 15s and even younger now with the vaccines because no one else is is out there lining up. Yeah, you've got the, you know, the the idiots out there that are taking it. That's all you've got. But what are they doing now that they're running out of those things? They're running out of advertising campaigns, right? Do you remember the one we showed for Miami Dade? Hit me with your best shot. <laughs> There's another one that was put out. Uh, just, uh, you know what? I've got it. And it honestly, it's so scripted. It, it is so scripted. So I, I don't know where this is coming from, but this is the newest one about getting people to go out there and, and line up and, and take these things. Now, li- listen to this. I mean, they're grasping at straws at this point. And this is so scripted. That, I mean, you could see this coming a mile away. Listen to this. This is our shot. After more than a year of loss and sacrifice, this is our chance to put this pandemic behind us. These vaccines are powered by decades of research in sound science. They are a gift from tens of thousands of diverse volunteers who tested their safety through months of clinical trials. This is our shot. Our shot. Our shot. This is our shot. To protect each other and our community. To restore normalcy and make a difference. To protect our teachers and our students and essential workers who've been supporting us every day. To safeguard our youngest and our oldest. And those most vulnerable. This is our shot, but only if we come together as a community and take it. Bruce, doesn't that make you want to go out there and, and make an appointment? Um, no. These these are it was these are a gift, Bruce. These are these are a gift. These are a, a new technology that are proven by by decades of research and 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 months and months of of safety trials. <laughs> of course, that's that's why they've never been approved. Even to this point, they've never been approved. They're using and operating this on emergency authorization. The only reason they're able to get this out there is because of that because of fear. But did you like the the happy little jingle and they had all the, you know, the frontline workers out there and they, of course they had little billboards in the back that were green screened out and pasted over top of it says vaccines save lives. That's desperation is what that is. Yeah, um gifts uh typically uh don't cost you anything usually and they typically um, don't kill you. And they yeah, they typically don't kill you. In, in this case it cost the American people billions. So yeah, yeah, it's it's a gift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a gift. And you uh, know, yeah, that's not the only place. That that's not the only place. And, and again, they they've got stupid ads like this that are placating to the. I, I mean, I don't know who they're placating to, to be honest, because all the people that would have listened to that ad are the ones that have already been whacked up with this thing anyway. But what's happening over here where I'm at, right? I, and I live on the I, I live on the the mainland of Europe. What's being played on TV over here? Of course, we're being told here, oh, yeah, everything's going great. Vaccine campaigns and everything. Yeah, campaigns. Yeah, pay, pay attention to these words, campaigns. What else is used in the word campaign? It's a war, isn't it? Uh-huh. Vaccine campaigns going great. We've got so many people lined up for this thing that that we're, we're running out of doses. Uh-huh. Is that why you've got David Hasselhoff on TV over here? How pathetic is that? David Hasselhoff, you know, the, the guy that, uh, you know, the has been from... Uh, from uh, what's his name? Uh, or from uh, Knight Rider and, and Baywatch from back in the eighties? Yeah, him. 
that guy. That, for whatever reason, the Germans love this guy. They've now wheeled him out, and he's up on TV over here putting out ads exactly like this. I, I got it this morning, right? Take a listen to this. What I'm looking for is uh, to get life back to normal is the freedom. The freedom to get vaccinated and to go around the world. The most important experience of the pandemic for me is death. It causes death. Get vaccinated. The advice I can give to everyone in America and to the world and to Germany is get vaccinated. Uh, no, no, I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. And, it, and it's just disgusting. He's up there flexing his flabby old arm in the uh, uh, in the camera. You're trying to tell me that uh, that this man's life has been affected with all his millions and everything else he's got. I mean, he's given that from a balcony of some clay tiled villa, it looks like. Uh, so I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that his life has been largely uh, uh, unaffected through all this. And he's been sitting around along with all these other garbage celebrities and, and these uh, these nobodies, these D-listers have been sitting around suffering. Excuse me, where are my manners? Suffering in their 24,000 square foot mansions. You know, I mean, it, it's it's really tough when when you have uh, swimming pools and tennis courts and, and, and basketball courts and and gyms and and trainers on site and. Uh, hell, I don't know. In Tiger Woods' case, he had, I, I think he's got a three-hole golf course in his backyard. Private beaches, yachts, private planes. I mean, it, it, it's tough. It, it's tough putting together all these messages because you're so concerned about the rest of humanity. I've also noticed that when they get to the age that Hasselhoff is, death does become very important to them. And uh -huh. it, it is a, a concern of theirs. Uh-huh. It, it is. And, you know, I, I, I just like to say that uh, you actually stand a better chance if you're among a certain age range, you actually stand a better chance of actually getting it and getting over it than you do getting a vaccine that will reduce your symptoms if you catch it. And by the way, on that point, what's the one key thing that hasn't been mentioned in any of this? What's the one key thing? And I'll tell you what it is. I'll save you the time. Reinfection. That's the key thing. They keep talking about waves. Oh, we got the first wave, the second wave, the third wave, the fourth. Yeah, the Italians and the, and the English, they're going to be dealing with the fourth wave, the third wave, the, the second and a half wave, whatever. Variants and all the rest of it, because there's no reinfection. If there was reinfection, then they could play that card, but they can't play that card. There's no way for them to play it. It's been taken off the table. This is why you're seeing variants and waves and all the rest of it. That's why that agenda is being played out. You actually stand a better chance of actually catching it and just moving on with it. That's what Merck Pharmaceuticals actually said back in January. They said, we're going to stop all this. Now, granted, they're working with J&J &J to produce the things that J&J &J come up with. And they're also working to um, create the uh, the fat cells that they grow the, uh, the, the stuff on or whatever. Uh, they're working to do that. But as far as everything else, they said, we're going to focus on therapeutics. We're not going to do the vaccine route. We're, we're not getting involved in that. They said, if you look at this, you can't vaccinate against a coronavirus. It's too dangerous to do that. And it's largely ineffective. They, they said this publicly. I'm not making this up. And they said, well, we're, we're just going to focus on therapeutics. The, the most important thing you could do is just get it and move on. Depending on how much you want to read into that, you could also say that the vaccines are just therapeutics. So correct. They're still working on a vaccine. So, I mean, it depends on how much you want to look into it. Right, right. Well, they're kind of killing two birds with one stone. They're taking themselves off the hook saying, uh, we're not going to get involved in this this vaccine mess. You notice there's only about four manufacturers getting involved in this. There's only four. 
The rest of them said, no, we're, we're not getting anywhere near this thing because they know that what the fallout and the blowback on the other side of this thing is going to be. Or maybe these are the four that uh, are going to be the, the state approved ones. State approved. Oh, yes, yes, yes. State approved. Yeah, state approved. Uh huh. All right. Uh, Bruce, let me ask you a question. Let's let's shift here a little bit, kind of, because we're I mean, we're, we want to stay on the topic of wokeness, right? We want we want to stay on the topic of wokeness. And we're talking about woke corporations. And and of course, the vaccines woke, isn't it? Yeah, the vaccines woke. I mean, that's that well, seems I mean, the to virus be the, is woke. The virus is what? Well, yeah, because it's this is an intelligent virus. It actually knows. Proof of that was when you were at a restaurant, then you could wear the mask from the time you walked in the front door to the time you sat down at the table. But when you sat down at the table, you could take it off because the virus would know that you're eating and it would move on to the next person or it would pass right over your head. I mean, we saw the, the, the diagrams and the signs saying so. Or, or when you're out protesting, you know, the virus knew when yeah. you were protesting well, um, racial that's inequalities. A, but that's a bigger public health crisis uh, is, is that, uh, according to the CDC. There's a bigger issue to deal with there. People were risking COVID. What's wrong with you? Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. The virus knew that they were out there doing that. So they were fine. Right. They, they weren't going to be affected yeah. by it. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the, the researchers, uh, data analysts didn't even take into consideration the, the protests. Um, they, they didn't account for that or track people that were at the protest to see if there was a spread uh, of COVID. Uh, they, they went how, for other gatherings. How can you track social justice? How can you do that? There's a New York Times member of the editorial board who says that when she sees dozens of American flags flying, she is just looking at it as as it's it's just, well, it's just quite frankly, it's disturbing when she sees that. It's disturbing. When she sees American flags flying, that's disturbing. Now, she had a lot to say on this. Let's just listen to what she had to say, shall we? I think this is another area where Democrats really need to get serious about talking about what this threat is. Uh, I think you said it really well, Joe, a minute ago, where you talked about uh, the need to stop being surprised by all of this uh, and start taking it seriously. Right. You know, it's really concerning to me that the Democrats haven't just gone ahead at this point and said we're doing this on our own in terms of uh, getting a commission together uh, to explain to the American people how we allowed the insurrection to take place in the Capitol. I think that really needs to move forward swiftly. Um, You know, the reality is here that uh, we have a large percentage of the American population. I don't know how big it is, but we have tens of millions of Trump voters who uh, continue to believe that their rights as citizens are under threat by simple virtue of having to share the democracy with others. Um, (laughs) Democracy. I think uh, as long as they see Americanness as the same as one with whiteness, this is going to continue. We have to figure out how to get every American a place at the table in this democracy, but how to separate Americanness, America, from whiteness. Until we can confront that and talk about that, this is really going to continue. I was on Long Island this weekend uh, visiting a really dear friend, and I was really disturbed. I saw you know, dozens and dozens of pickup trucks with, uh, you know, uh, explicatives against Joe Biden uh, on the back of them, yep. uh, Trump yep. flags, and oh, no. in some cases just dozens of American flags. Oh, which, goodness. You know, uh, is also just disturbing because essentially the message was clear. It was, this is my country. This is not <laughs> your yep. country. 
I own this. And so until we're ready to have that conversation, this is going to continue. What really is concerning to me as well is it's it's not just Democrats in Congress. I think there's a large percentage of Americans, even some of my colleagues uh, in journalism, who are invested in some way in pretending that this isn't the threat that it is. That is the real concern. Because, you know, the Trump voters who are not going to get on board with democracy, they're a minority. You can marginalize that. That's true. Long term. That's but true. if we don't take the threat seriously, then I think we're all in really bad shape. Totally agree. Mara Gay and Tom Nichols. Thank you. I, I, I don't really have anything nice to say. Uh, I, I, I really don't. Uh, oh, the <laughs> where, where do I even begin with that? OK, first of all. Uh, lady, if you don't like it, leave. Okay, that's the first thing. You're disturbed by American flags? Lady, it's America. You're disturbed by American flags? What, what would you rather have? The UN flags flying up there? The blue flags? Would you rather have that? Probably. I shouldn't even say that's rhetorical. You're concerned about the expletive Joe Biden flags? I think those people are being polite, to be fair. Now, the Trump flags, okay, fine, right? You, uh, I, I think people flying Trump flags. They want to fly Trump flags? Go ahead. Uh, I'm not going to fly Trump flag. You know, I'll fly an American flag. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, let's reverse this. Let's say this was, uh-huh. um, I, I don't know, uh, three, four years ago. Uh, different presidents, different time. Hell, we could go back 20 years when it was Bush. Yeah, but um, how do you how do you go from what what happened after 9-11? You're talking about Bush, right? Let, let's, let's go there. Mm-hmm. Let's expand on that real quick. So you're talking about 9-11. What happened after 9-11? You didn't well, hear any of this divisive we, politics. You came together as a nation, didn't we? For for like three to six months. And then uh-huh. you started hearing the divisiveness. And then you yeah. started hearing this kind of nonsense, this kind of rhetoric uh-huh. towards Bush, which is my point in that it doesn't matter which president it is. The, the problem is this time it's their guy that's under assault. So now they're going to try to pull every lever that they have available to try to silence uh, the the dissenters. It, the thing is, is when Republican presidents get in place, I don't really hear much bitching about, oh, they're saying nonsense about our president. Oh, who cares? Uh, I mean, you have a differing opinion. Let's hear your opinion and then go about life. I mean, it's just... They just spent the last four years talking about how Trump was illegitimate. He was involved yeah. with Russia. He was involved with a, a porn star. He was involved with this and that and all the rest of it. But yet, when someone flies a Joe Biden, an anti-Joe Biden flag with an expletive on it, saying F Biden or whatever, oh, that's that's a, a minority of people that are afraid of democracy. You know something? She's not wrong. And I, and I agreed with her on that part. Yeah, there is a minority of people out there that are afraid of democracy because we know what it does. That's why we're not. Say, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm anti-democracy. <laughs> We're we're yeah. we're it's failed. We're not every time. A, it has. We're not a democracy, lady. It would do you well to understand that you're supposed to be some holier than thou intellectual at the New York Times. How about you recognize the fact that we are not a democracy? First and foremost, people are worried about uh, democracy being destroyed. Uh, I'm not. I'm not worried about that being destroyed. Now, when I say democracy, am I talking about democratic rule? No. You have a right to Actually, vote. Actually, to a degree, yeah. Actually, well, okay. to a degree. Yeah, to, to a because point, it's, it's yes. Because it's a constitutional republic. So the things that we have in place are laws and, and uh, systems 
Whereas a democracy is people rule. It's a majority rule. Right. Uh, I'm not okay with that. Yeah. But at the same time, you've also got systems like, for example, look at the Swiss system. Everything's at a popular vote. Now, I can understand that because it gives people a say. At the same time, you have to keep it in check. If you don't keep it in check, this is why democracies are dangerous. Because if you don't keep these things in check, then they get out of hand really quickly. I pretty the homogenous uh, um, idea, though. I mean, yeah. they're they're pretty much uh, of the same mindset. That something like that wouldn't yeah. work here in the U.S. because no. we have so many different cultures and opinions and ideas. It just doesn't work. Yeah, and that's that's the other problem you run into is is exactly that because. You look at, at the way that these uh, these a lot of these European countries are. They have democracies in these countries, and I mean, at least it's something. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to if that's what they want. Honestly, I don't care what kind of system you have in your country. I really don't. Uh, if it works for you and that's what you want, okay, I don't care. Do do what you want to do. I personally think that it's a bad option, but my opinion stops there. I think that the system that you put in place, it needs to be fair and it needs to work for everybody. And and that goes for everything. You want to talk about freedom in, in a democratically uh, elected society. There's no 45% of people have freedom and the rest of them don't. That's not how that works. Either everybody has freedom or no one has any. You can't pick and choose when it comes to democracies. The idea that we have in the US, the, uh, the constitutional republic, we can disagree on ideas on the surface. Sure. We'll go about that all day long. We'll argue things back and forth. Hell, the founders, those guys never got along with anything. Nothing. Hardly anything. Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, best of friends, never agreed on politics, ever, on anything. We're running into an issue now to where, because of the lefts, the way they're pushing and how hard they're pushing, people that like like, like me that were tolerant and, and enjoy listening to dissenting opinions... At this point, I'm I'm getting to the point where if you don't agree with the Constitution, out, take a different country, go somewhere else. Uh, I'm 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 getting to the point where if you can't agree with the foundation of America, there's other countries to choose from. You you don't need to be here. That, that, well, that's, that's kind of I don't want to be in that mindset, but that's where it's pushing me because they keep the 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 rhetoric they keep doing and the nonsense they keep pulling. It's like. Uh, just leave if you don't like it so much. Just get out of here. I mean, it's <laughs> well, no, you're right, and that's that goes back to the constitutional republic. We can disagree on things. We can have differing of opinions on which way we want to go as a as a nation. But the fundamental ideas that we have, such as the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, those things don't change. If you want to change those things, we have an amendment process built into the document itself. Change it. Now, see, they don't want to do that. That takes too much time. And they don't have the support to be able to do that. That's the problem. I agree with you that the polarization is paramount with these people. It, it, it's there. But here's the problem. This Again, this is where we're kind of deadlocked into this system, because I, I agree with the idea of the Constitutional Republic. I'm not against that. However, we're dealing with this situation with these radicals like this because we don't have a direct democratic society. See, if we had multiple parties, if we had a, a parliamentary system, I'm, I'm just saying for the, for the sake of argument, if we had a, a parliamentary society in America, then these people like AOC and, and people like what you just heard, they wouldn't belong to the Democrat Party. They would have to belong to the, the Socialist Party, the, the Communist Party, the Left Party, whatever they would call themselves. And to be honest with you, when you start looking at their actual numbers of these, these loonies, I think a lot of them are on the fringe left, the, the far fringe left. The ones that were the moderate Democrats are being squeezed out by this um, this loud minority. And I've, I've been saying that for years. They're running around like they are the majority. They're not. 
They're not. The corporations, that's where you can tie them into this because they're the loudest ones, the, these, these loud minorities. They're the loudest ones. So they think, the corporations think, okay, well, these are the ones that are out there fighting for actual uh, change in society. That's what we need to get behind. But in reality, it's the loud minority that wants to convince the silent majority that they are the minority. That's not the way it is. But again, you can always count on MSNBC for good stuff. Yeah, you can always count on them for good stuff. So what is it? Do we have a, uh, do we have a, uh, a rule of the, uh, the majority or do we have a rule of the minority? Which one is it? Now, if you were to ask any of these loonies, then they'll tell you that, um, uh, that they are the ones that they're the victims. Yeah, they always play the victim card. Oh, we're the victims. Yeah, we're the victims. We're being oppressed. The people we're representing are being oppressed. Democracy's under under fire. It's under siege. People hate democracy. You heard the uh, the editorial woman there. Democracy's under siege. People just don't want to get on board with democracies. The, the Democrats need to move forward to get people forward. That's a Marxist term, by the way. They need to get people on board with democracy. Huh. OK. MSNBC. Take a listen to this. So, Matt Dowd, I, I guess like the, the, the nasty, violent car crash here is that democracy is at risk and it is it is being burned down. Twenty two states have passed voter suppression laws based on the BS lie that there was fraud when there wasn't any. Um, and that's happening with a lot more urgency and focus and, quite frankly, skill than anything the Democrats are doing. So I understand what I don't understand about the process and the players. But I wonder if you feel that Democrats understand what's happening to the country. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I think um, I think many Democrats and many people um, understand what's going on. I mean, look what's happened here in Texas and what, what, what will happen in a special session when they go through this. Part of the problem we have today in all the system, including the filibuster, is that we have a tyranny of the minority. We have a oh. tyranny of the minority, and our system now protects the tyranny of the minority. It's on everything. Uh -huh. We can't get common sense gun reform through because of the filibuster and because of a tyranny minority. We can't uh -huh. get voting rights in an extensive way protecting people's voting rights because of tyranny of the minority. And in individual states, there's a tyranny of the minority and all of these things. And so I think they understand it, but I think we have to stop covering, I'm in my view, covering Washington and seeing Washington as if somebody can't actually change what's going on in Washington, D.C. I get Joe Manchin and, and I know Joe Manchin. I've known Joe Manchin for years, but I think we can call out his hypocrisy in this. A tyranny of the minority. Uh, OK, just just pointing this out. You don't have a tyranny of the minority. You have a tyranny by the minority. All they did in that catchphrase was they changed one word. That's all they needed to do. And it changes the entire meaning of all of it. By changing that one word, they're now the victim. If you don't agree with what they say, then they're the ones that are being oppressed. They're the ones that are the victims. Why are they pushing for a democracy? That's what a democracy is. The oppression of the minority. Yeah, but it's it's word games. It's psychological stuff. That that's all they're doing. Is is all they're doing. They're, they're yeah. twist. They're twisting everything. That's what they do. It was rhetorical. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah. Why why are you pushing for exactly what you're complaining about? Did you notice how he said that uh, twenty two states have passed voter suppression laws? Voter suppression. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, so they passed voter suppression laws because it's a tyranny. Of the minority. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. How did they pass uh, 22 states? Now, mind you, that's done on each individual state level. How did they pass those? Was it done by uh, arbitrary means? 
by chance? I think they use the same principle that they used for mail-in ballots and ballot harvesting. They just, the governor just said, we're going to do it. I think that's how they did it, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. No, they ran those through the state legislatures is what they did. Oh. And y- hmm. what you can do, you can always tell that they're backed into a corner when they start saying, oh, democracy's under threat. Uh, d- democracy, we're, we're losing our democracy. Democracy's dying. Uh, we, we've got to do everything we can. <laughs> We've got to do everything we can. We we need all hands on deck to save our democracy. No, uh, no. I want the rule of law. I, I, I want to get back to, honestly, I've heard the argument that America is a nation that has never been ruled by laws. You know, that that's one of the things that, it, you know, we're a nation of laws. We're a nation of political will. We always have been and we always will be. I have difficulty disproving that. I, I, I can't disagree because everything that, that maybe in the very beginning, we were a nation of laws in the very beginning under uh, Washington, that changed immediately uh, after he was uh, replaced. It's all about political power now, political will. Bruce, I'm not getting the feeling that you want to save democracy. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, I hope that message comes clear. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a theory this morning and the theory I heard was if you're George Soros, what does Soros thrive on? He thrives on conflict, doesn't he? It's his bread and butter. That's what he does. He bets against markets. He bets against hell, whole nations. Now, it's no secret that George Soros and, and his son, Alexander, have been, shall we say, uh, financing a lot of the uh, the groups that you see out there in the streets of America uh, and around the Western world alike. Civil Society 2.0, that's all Soros. But if you're George Soros and you need a conflict in the United States. If you're the Chinese Communist Party and you need a conflict in the United States, well, then how are you going to do that? How, how are you going to start a conflict in the United States without being seen as the one starting it? How are you going to do that? You know, we talked yesterday about Donald Trump making these these crazy statements about, you know, we're, we're going to take back the House, we're going to take back the Senate, we're going to take back the White House, and it's going to happen sooner than you think. A very cryptic statement. You got Mike Lindell running around, saying it's over for Smartmatic, it's over for Dominion, they should resign, they should turn themselves in, uh, we're going to take it to the Supreme Court, we've got all the evidence, it's going to be 9 nothing, and Trump's going to be back in office by August. Now, where am I going with this? If you want to start a civil conflict in the United States, you can't do it with a Joe Biden sitting in the Oval Office. He claims that Antifa is an idea. Well, that idea is going to be out there burning the cities down if he's in office. So that's not going to work. So how do you bring about civil conflict? Well, If I were George Soros, and I'm not, obviously, but if I were George Soros, then I know that the media and the hysteria that was ginned up around Trump for the last four years, that's enough to cause a conflict. And everybody knows what happened in Seattle, right? You remember the Chaz? Yeah. Chop or whatever it was. An actual insurrection. Yeah, that. They actually were in a couple of other cities and no one seemed to care about that. But Antifa's stated goal, and this is according to Andy No. You know, and everybody understands who that guy is. If if you don't know who he is at this point, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, research who Andy No is. He is the editor at large for Post Millennial, and he's been tracking Antifa uh, and literally been out there marching alongside of them, was almost beat to death just the other night uh, in Portland after he returned uh, and was out there marching with Antifa, didn't engage in any of the criminal activity. They ripped his mask off of him and started beating him to death in the streets. So he ran into a hotel because it was the only thing that was open. And they told him he would have to put a mask on or he'd have to leave. Well, he's pleading with them to call 911 and get the police down there to help him. He says that Antifa's stated goal is to establish 
these Chaz things or whatever, these autonomous zones in every major U.S. city. Now, if you do that, you can't do that under President Joe Biden, can you? It wouldn't make any sense. It wouldn't play. You can't you can't establish something like that and then have the administration respond to it. You need to be seen as the ones that are supporting it instead of fighting against it. You need to be seen as the victim and you need to see someone in a position of state authority that's actually opposing you. But the way that they're playing this, they need to turn it back around on itself. And I know it's, it's geopolitics. It's a it's a nasty thing. See, the Chinese, they want America in a civil conflict with itself. They want Americans to expel their ammunition on each other. That's what they want. The Chinese want America. They don't want any Americans in it. They just want to be able to come in, move their people in, take the infrastructure, clean up all the bodies and move on. That's all they want. Now, if you can get Americans to kill each other, then that saves them the trouble, doesn't it? See, war is a nasty business. One thing that the elites understood was getting rid of people through means of war in the 20th century. It's really nasty business. It was very inefficient. But if they can get you to do something to yourself and call you a hero in the process, well, that makes it a little bit more efficient and clean, doesn't it? I'm just going to leave that one hanging. And I'm just theorizing here. It's just my brain working. But I heard this topic brought up this morning. What if what Mike Lindell and Trump are saying, what if they're right? You know, I was dismissing it yesterday and the day before and last week and all the rest of it is just crazy nonsense talk. He's out there stirring the pot up and all the rest of it. I wasn't really thinking along these lines. What if they're not wrong? And it plays to both sides. There's no secret that the Supreme Court is compromised. Now, you've got a few people on there that are standing tall. Clarence Thomas, Sam Alito, just to name two. They're rock solid. But the others, in the manners of the Constitution, especially Roberts and Sotomayor and, and you know the, those types, that they're going to vote against the Constitution every time, every time. So what if they take the case? I mean, because you've got a forensic audit that's about to, to kick off in Georgia. You've got people from the Pennsylvania state legislature that are out in Arizona right now. They were on planes this morning at 9 a.m out there observing what's going on. They're over 60% finished with the forensic audit out there. What they're finding already in Georgia is that over 20% of the ballots that they've already looked at in the boxes, there's already discrepancies. Every single box that they've uncovered thus far of ballots, every single one has the incorrect number of ballots that are actually inside of it that are labeled. And that's just a start. So what if, and again, it's just a what if, it's just a question. What if you do have a return of of Donald Trump to the Oval Office? Now, I know that there's no constitutional process for that. We'd have to follow the, uh, the line of secession, as you said. However, let's say that Joe does do the thing that he's supposed to do in this case, if it were found to be that he was fraudulently elected, and he does leave because he's told to. Let's say he does leave. And let's say Trump goes back in there. Well, what do you think the loony left and the anarchists and the the anti-fascists that are actually the fascists, what do you think they're going to do? You need something to cause civil conflict in the United States during the summer months. You can't do it in the, in the winter months because they're too busy staying inside because they'll freeze to death because they're doing meth the rest of the year. So you need it to happen during the summer. But right now, there's no way for them to kick it off. I think that they're looking for opportunities. Another George Floyd incident, maybe. They're, they're just waiting to pounce on something like that. But that's not showing up. The damage control that the media is doing with the lab leak, that's not panning out. People are starting to see through that. China's starting to panic. I heard talks of them actually moving their timetable up to a physical invasion of the United States, starting with maybe California. It's possible. I don't know. But one thing's for sure. You need... If you're George Soros, you need 
civil conflict in America. If you're the Chinese Communist Party, you need civil conflict in America and you need it soon. The elites in America that are compromised by not only the Chinese Communist Party, but their asses are hanging out because of COVID, they need civil conflict. They need the heat taken off of them. So what if Trump comes back in office? What then? Now, I just spent all that time laying out that scenario because it's another option. If anybody that's done any kind of investigative work, you have to consider all sides of everything, no matter how crazy it is. And sometimes I, I rush to, to judgment, and that's always been my biggest flaw, is I rush straight to judgment, and I, I tend to, to tune out everything else when I look at something that I think is absolute. But it can't be discounted. When I started to think more on it, I thought, wait a minute, if you're these, these criminal organizations, you need this to play in the U.S., and at the moment, they don't have it and they can't start it. They need to be the victim. As everything that we just played with these yahoos and these fools that are on these mainstream media networks, they need to be the victim. The woman from the New York Times, she's up there complaining about this is, uh, you know, it's she's she's terrified. It's disgraceful that she sees all these flags. Yet you're supposedly represented by the most popular man that's ever been elected in the history of America. You've got the House, you've got the Senate, you've got the executive. You got all this supposed representation and support at the national level, yet you're concerned about that. They need to be the victim. They're in a position right now where they cannot act. They are not the victim. They can't play the victim. All these supposed right-wing groups and these white supremacist groups, they're there about as much as we had terrorists in the United States after 9-11. They simply did not exist. So they need something. I, I don't know if I'm on the right track. I, I don't know if uh, if that's even plausible. I, I, I don't know. I, I'd like to think that it's plausible. What do you think? So uh, I think there, there could be some credibility to that uh, in the idea that when it comes to the election stuff, it could easily play in as a means or a way to try to trigger, trigger civil unrest. So, for example, you plan out a essentially a coup and the president you attempt this on holds grudges personally. So, you know, he's going to have a personal vendetta against this and is going to dig up and fight it as as much as he can. So it's going to cause more civil unrest. Then uh, I, I think unwittingly, in a sense, I, I could see um, Lindell and Trump both looking at this going, there is credible, credible evidence that there was voter fraud. We have to investigate this because nobody else will. At the same time, you're playing into their hand because they're the ones that triggered it and caused the problem. Now, when you go in and look at this, you have one side saying there was no problem. And then you have the other side that was saying, dude, it's clear there was evidence of it. And it, it, now you have this tribe, you have the split. Uh, you have and then the him coming in and you have the dialectic of Marxism. Exactly. But taking a step back, you have this narrative. You have the other narrative we were talking about with the um, uh, ransomware hacks, uh, shutting down services. It's only a matter of time before it's something larger like power, food supplies, you know, those kind of things. You had the pandemic, you had, which uh, shut down businesses and livelihoods. Again, that hampered, that hampered uh, uh, food supplies and everything. I was talking to a family member. They were out going to buy a brisket for a uh, uh, barbecue. And... Um, it was like 180 some dollars to buy the, the brisket. It's because of the pandemic, because of everything being shut down. So now you have the global agenda that they're wanting with the food, uh, a globalist agenda, excuse me. You have all these different avenues that they can take to cause civil unrest, the race riots. It, it's, it's 
almost like we're being hit from multiple directions, multiple sides, trying to get us to heat up to try to do that civil unrest. So whether Lindell and Trump are a part of the plan or they're simply going after what they think is a wrong and trying to right it, it's still playing into it. Uh, so, you know, and I'm not saying that that Trump and Lindell are, in fact, part of the globalist agenda to overthrow things and so on and so forth. I'm saying that just by fighting this, and which is the right thing to do, this is the right thing to do to try to to um, root out the corruption. I, I just they're using it to their advantage at this point. They're, they're, I don't know, man. It just seems like there's so many different things they have in place that uh, they're going to get their civil unrest one way or another. They keep going after uh, guns. That was There was a, a research that we talked about here, like, what was it, last year? Uh-huh. That that was one of the things that they needed to go after if they no, wanted no. civil unrest. No. Now, see, you're, you're misinterpreting. We heard it very clearly on that MSNBC clip, common sense yeah. gun yeah. legislation. Right. Uh, and voter suppression and all the other yes. stuff we heard from the others. Yes. Yeah. See, that's just common um, sense. That's just common sense. Yeah, uh, that is exactly the the, the what, what I'm getting at with this is that they're they're it's the Marxist agenda that we've talked about. It's the the way they change the words. The it, it's looking it's looking hairy. The light at the end of the tunnel is difficult to see at this point because they have so many different narratives going on. But at the same time, we are seeing cracks. So. I don't know. Maybe maybe the end of the tunnel. It doesn't matter. Maybe maybe we're going to bust through with these cracks the way they're they're happening. This is a high risk, high reward game that's being played right now. Either we're going to win and freedom will reign, or they're going to win and we have a digital dark age for the next few thousand years or however long. I don't know. I don't know that we ever come out of a digital dark age if they're able to enact it fully. Well, one thing's for sure: good always triumphs over evil. In the end, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, we're out of time, so we are going to have to go. You know, I, I was I was actually worried that we might not be able to do the full time today because we're both kind of exhausted, though for different reasons. So uh, I, I'm glad we were actually able to uh, to sit down and do a full one today. So um, thanks for being here. We're hoping to get Marty this week. I need to call him uh, tomorrow uh, and see if he's going to come on this week. I'm sure he probably will. He usually comes on on uh, on Fridays. So uh, we'll uh, we'll have to have him on this week, hopefully. All right, for those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram channel, get over there, get signed up to us. We uh, put out all of our podcasts we do here every day. We also put out an exclusive podcast once a week just for our telegram subscribers maybe we'll get marty on the exclusive this week not sure see what kind of mood he's in also if you'd like to reach out to us you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at tips at dynamicindependence.com and we would ask you to pass this along to friends family known associates we are trying to grow but we do need your help in order to do that so if you could pass this along we would appreciate that we are available everywhere you get your podcast unless the internet's out (laughs) in which case it'll cost you uh 2.4 million bitcoin to get access to us again Oh, but that'll all be returned to you by the FBI. Yes. Yes, it will. Yeah, sure. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, that'd be great as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that'll do it for today. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.